You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Gobbler Country's Talking Turkey podcast. Joining me tonight is my co-host, John Schneider. I'm your other co-host, Brian Manning. John, how are you this evening? Oh, it's a gorgeous day. Took the dog for a walk. I think it's finally turned to fall, which is football weather. It's a cool nights here in the upper 40s the last couple of nights, so it's definitely feeling like football. It was 48 this morning when I took the dogs out, and this weekend's supposed to be down in the low 40s. We're supposed to actually get a cold snap, which, you know, as soon as you start hitting the low 40s, the trees start dropping green, and you start seeing color. And, of course, around Blacksburg, that's always exciting. Yeah, as of now, my my grass is still growing, so. (laughs) Yeah, I know that feeling. I'm still paying the guy to mow my lawn, but it'll end. I got a feeling we're going to have snow this winter. That's for everybody out there who's been to Blacksburg and the snow. I don't think it's going to be necessarily really cold, but we are getting pounded by moisture from the Gulf. When you get a big hurricane season where the hurricanes are coming in and and sweeping in up the mountains, you know, coming in off the Gulf and up the mountains, we start getting weather pattern where we start getting a lot of moisture. And, you know, it's still going to be cold. It's still going to be coming up on winter, and it's going to be cold enough to snow. I got a feeling we're, I'm going to have to get that snowblower working again. Yep, you never know what these <laughs> elevations we have, especially where I'm at. But as you know, we um, had a lot of news regarding the Hokies over the last two weeks, but especially since Saturday morning when we were made aware that the, the Hokies and UVA had canceled the Commonwealth Cup, which was scheduled for this weekend in Blacksburg on the 19th. John, what's your uh, thoughts on that? Uh, I think it was a mess. I think we're going to talk about it a little bit later after we go over some other stuff about some of the some of the people are trying to drop this in, in, in Fuente's lap, and it's not necessarily a problem from Fuente. What's happening is, is that we are being gobsmacked right, left, upside down, and sideways by all this COVID stuff and kids coming in and the number of cases of COVID rising. My wife works at the school and she actually went and her test was negative. So they even, they're encouraging even the staff to go get tested. Well, from from my understanding, I don't think it was a huge outbreak on the team. I think it was one of those uh, contact tracing type situations where which you got to respect the the because it's not this is out of the hands of the coaching staff as far as it's more of a medical thing. And, and but you got to respect the, them for looking after the kids, looking after Virginia's players. I mean, it was the right decision regardless of what we think. And but we need this game this year. That's for sure. Yeah, well, we need that. We need the Virginia game. 
well, that's kind of what it way it was meant to be. If that's how it works out, hopefully this this virus doesn't cause any more any more chaos to the football season before we reach that point. But on staying on that same topic is the NC State game, which was originally scheduled for September 12th as a season opener, was rescheduled for the 26th when NC State had their own COVID outbreak. However, that game has remained the 26th. It is the Hokies' season opener for now still. And that game was announced as an 8 p.m. kick on the 26th next Saturday night on the ACC Network. Yeah, that, uh, okay, well, my wife just signed up for Hulu or whatever it was because we don't we have Comcast Xfinity, so we weren't going to get ACC Network. So now <clears> she's <throat> just like throwing confetti because she was upset because the UVA game was going to be on ABC, and and so she was like, "Well, hey, we paid for the streaming service. Well, now it's going to come in handy because there's still going to be like only a thousand people in the stadium. The state has not changed those regulations." So that's, I think, is we, we were just mentioning that before the show and the, and the war, or a little warm-up session before the show. And that is, it's going to be really weird to see Lane Stadium almost completely empty for a football game at night, at prime time. That is really weird. I hope it doesn't have a negative effect. It, it is really weird, but it, most every other school is facing the same situation as far as yeah. uh, limited capacity. And I, a lot of them is going to get more than a thousand people in there, but just a weird year, uh, obviously. So we just need football to happen and this these games to start, so we can have something to watch and talk about other than politics and, and all that stuff. So yeah, I, I, I you know me, it's I, it's football for me and baseball and basketball. I I stick to sports because it's my passion and release. So I just wish I was taking pictures on the sideline, but hopefully maybe by the UVA game we'll get some better news and some things will start loosening up and maybe we'll get out there. The next thing we got to go over besides the NC State game is something that's going to be missing for the NC State game. And I'm going to turn this over to Brian, who has most of the best information on it. We had a really unfortunate incident go on with Devin Hunter. He's been indefinitely suspended because of uh, some incident. And Brian's going to go over it with us. And Brian, what, what, what the heck happened? Well, early Monday morning, uh, Virginia Tech released a statement. I'll read the statement. Devin Hunter has been suspended indefinitely from all football team activities, effective immediately for not upholding the high standards we have for our student-athletes. We cannot comment further on Virginia Tech student conduct issues until the matter is resolved. Well, when this happened, uh, there was a lot of a lot going on on social media. What did he do? And at the time, there was no arrest, no, nothing on the Montgomery County site for the uh, any kind of arrest or anything like that. So there was a lot of a lot of them were, thought this was maybe a C.J. Rivas situation, which was another just a boneheaded move by the administration, not by C.J., that, that upset a lot of Hokie fans over the years, and rightfully so. But it came out later in the day that he had been arrested over the weekend for for a domestic incident. I won't get too in-depth with that. That wasn't in the article, and not a pleasant thing to talk about. But Devin was a- arrested. I think it was an incident occurred one week prior, and he was arrested last week on two charges. One was a misdemeanor, one was a felony. And of course, once you're charged with a felony, the uh, decision is t- taken out of the hands of the administration. So you're automatically suspended, and that, that's what's going on right now. And as of, I think, Monday night, he was still being held without bond. And I don't know if that's changed. Uh, I'm scared to say if that's changed or not. I'm not sure. But he has a court date originally scheduled for November 19th. Um, a lot of things can change between now and then, of course. 
Yeah, the only thing that I saw, and I won't comment any farther on it because it's just I see some of the Twitter traffic going by. You have to look at the administration, the BT football, the actual people, and people were actually stunned. I think the coach was completely flabbergasted. I I, I don't know how I, I can imagine the look on his face. He really loves these kids. And I can imagine the look on his his face. I don't think anybody expected anything like this from Devin Hunter because he's never been that kind of kid. Yeah, well, as, as as we saw what the charges were and everything, it's so important to, to to get out there that he deserves the presumption of innocence because, I mean, there's two sides of the story and what he's been charged with is a very ugly situation. I mean, there's no tolerance for that, but he deserves his, his day in court as well, so... Hopefully and, and, the truth will come out and we'll get to the bottom of that because like you, I've never heard anything but positive things about Devin Hunter. Yeah. And I think he's been a great ambassador and representative of Virginia Tech. And he was a, a big time recruit who came here and things didn't go at quite as planned when he first got here. Kid didn't pout, kid didn't sulk. The kid just worked harder, took a step back, worked harder. And was set for a big year this year. And yeah, he had a good he was really doing well by the end of last year. He had a it took him a little ramp up, but he really started to shine last year, especially stepping in, playing nickel, d- doing some other stuff. So it, I think his loss is going to be one of the hardest. I think it's going to be harder than the Farley loss. And the reason why is with the Farley loss, although we still had Waller, we still have uh, Chapman, who's really coming along real well. So we still had some depth there, but Hunter was a leader. And losing that presence on the field, somebody who's worked as hard as he has, also includes not just physical work, it includes mental work. It includes the planning and the preparation for the game. When you lose that and you've got your second or third stringer coming in, he's got to pick all that stuff up in short notice. And we're going to see in the safety position. Now, we did hear one thing that I did hear in formations you won't hear whip and rover anymore. No, it's just going to be strong. So they, they, they're going yeah. to free safety, strong safety concept. And the rover whip position is now terminated. Yeah. It, it's important. When we talked about Farley, one guy we really hadn't had a chance to talk about was uh, Devin Taylor, who was a uh, grad transfer from Illinois state. I went back and watched a little bit of him and read on him. And that was a good pickup for the hook. He's a six, one, 200 pounder out of Lansing, Michigan. And, he should come right in and compete for that starting spot opposite of Waller at corner. But Armani Chapman and those guys, Breon Murray, and those guys got something to say about that. So we'll see how that shakes out once we actually get to see games. Roster competition is really good in those positions. It's not really good for the quarterback, to be honest with you. Roster competition has never been good for a quarterback when you have an experienced quarterback on the roster. But for the defensive backs to have them tussling back and forth and, and pushing each other because they're all going to end up playing. You know that they're all going to end up playing. So the harder they push each other, the better they are. Dorian Strong's a true freshman out of, of Upper Marlboro, Maryland corner, a little bit on the slight side, 174 pounds. But I've heard a lot of good things about him this camp. He could play as a true freshman this year at corner because they're not quite as deep at corner as they are at safety. Now, now back as far as, as Devin Hunter's spot, I've I've heard a lot about Tyree Rogers step, stepping in there, and but mainly uh, I'm more excited about J.R. Walker and see see what he could do. Rogers is a redshirt senior. I think we've kind of seen what he can do. He's he's not a certainly he's not, not a barn burner. He's competent. He's competent. He's not going to embarrass he's you out there, but but uh, no. um, 
J.R. Walker is a kid who was a four-star pickup a year ago out of North Carolina, redshirted last year. I'm really excited about him. So, And there's Keontae Jenkins, a true freshman out of Jacksonville. He was Tyree Saunders' buddy. Tyree, of course, is a friend of the show. But uh, Keontae Jenkins is a kid who I've heard has had a good camp, too, who could be in line to play this year. So there, there's definitely some depth and competition in that secondary. And, and that's good. Safety. I'm not as concerned as I was when it first when the news first came out. But it's still, like I said, it remains to be seen. It's the first game of the season. And you always know the first game of the season, you get to see all the worms and all of the guys that can't remember what they're supposed to do and the nerves and that kind of stuff. So hopefully that's kind of jitters settle down and we'll have a, a smoother move. What we got to deal with right now before we go to the break is the, just a real quick hitter with the fact that this is NC State. It's not some small school, but NC State's going to be in a lot of the same stuff that we are. They haven't played either. So this is going to be an interesting game. And I think we just need to hold on. Right now, the early is they're favored by seven points. I don't know where that came from. Our site, if you see the side of any article, you see the slider and they have the odds from DraftKings or whatever it is. And right now, they're set, they're a seven-point favorite. We'll see how that slides off as things change and as we get closer to game time. So without any further ado, we need to take a break for messages, and we'll be back to talk about the last couple of things that are on our agenda for this show. Hey, hello, everybody. We're back. And hey, Brian, one thing popped up, and it's popped up in some of the commentary from some of the other sites, some of our comment, some of our other commentary in our site on Facebook and stuff. There seems to be some kind of frustration going on within the coaching staff with the current situation. I saw one of the snippets of the extended interview with Coach Fuente. When he doesn't shave, he's busy and he's got a lot of stuff going on. And he didn't look too thrilled. And you could see it and hear it in his voice. He was really not happy with the fact that he's having a lot of trouble organizing practices. And it's not his fault. It's he's got everybody's grouped in pods and there are certain pods that are available at certain times. And some guys are not available to practice at this time. Other guys aren't available to practice at this time because of the fact that they've got classes scattered all over the place. They've got class opportunities that are spread out. Now that they're doing zoom classes and stuff where they would have normally two or three classes, they're having just one. So trying to adjust to that, I think, is part of some of the stress that's going on on the coaching staff. Well, this is definitely a stressful time for, for all. You know, these coaches are trying to get, trying to do things that never been done before. And uh, it's incredibly difficult. And there's really no, no guide on how to do some of these things. And, and then you get setbacks and then there's social distancing protocols and masks and everything. And, it, it adds up to an incredibly frustrating and difficult job for some of these coaches who are just signed up to coach football in a lot of aspects, and they're having to do a lot more right yeah, now. They're not health. They're not health managers. So the reason why I brought this up first on this segment before we went on to some fun stuff with the NFL, Hokies in the NFL, is I'm asking people to give it a rest. As Brian said, this is a difficult, weird situation that just and I, I, those headlines that I put out. The weird situation getting weirder. I'm not kidding. This is a strange, this is not what people are set up to deal with. And the coaching staff is doing the absolute best they can with the situation. And the situation is moving and it changes every day. 
and it changes every day for every single person and every group of people. We saw it with the cancellation of the UVA game where it wasn't a COVID incident. It was a somebody else exposure incident or two or three. We can't know. They're HIPAA, like I brought up this before, they're HIPAA laws and you can't tell people what's happened. Those are medical privacy issues. So everybody needs to take a breath and just keep your fingers crossed and hopefully this game goes and we get started. I think once we get started, Army proved that, and everybody knows I love Army. Army proved that that once they got a program together and they got on the field and they started playing football, it started kind of building up some momentum. So that's what I'm hoping it happens on the 26th, that we get this started, we get some momentum built, and everything starts to kind of fall into place. So that's enough about that. We're going to move on in the last 10 minutes of this segment. We're going to move on and talk about something exciting. We had a little a quick hitter article from Brian on Logan Thomas fulfilling his destiny on the Washington football team. Brian. Logan signed a, a two-year deal with the with Washington in the offseason. And, and Washington was was in a unique position to tight end. Last year they were the they had the highest payroll for tight ends in the NFL and got literally zero production. Jordan Reed was hurt again. They let Jordan Reed go. Vernon Davis was old and hurt most of the season. Vernon Davis went ahead and retired. And they got that money off the books. They made a run at Austin Hooper, who ended up signing with Cleveland, didn't get him. So they went to Logan Thomas, signed to a modest two-year deal. Had kind of a breakout season of sorts with Detroit last year. He didn't catch a lot of balls, but he played every game and showed he could block. He gave Ryan Kerrigan a concussion and caused Kerrigan to miss his first game ever in the NFL. So he showed he was, was physical enough to block people. And it had been a lot of buzz on him throughout the offseason about him taking the starting job. And that's exactly what he did. And he caught four passes. 37 yards and a touchdown. Again, modest numbers, but that's a on pace for a 64-catch season. If he catches 60 balls for Washington, seven, eight touchdowns, that's a heck of a season for Logan, considering he just recently made the transition to tight end about three and a half years ago. So I thought it was an encouraging debut for him. He made a really nice catch on one ball Haskins threw that was low. Then he got up and, and had the awareness to get up and run when no, no one had touched him. So it was a good debut game for him in Washington and exciting to see him in the end zone and having some success because he certainly deserves it. And then there were some other Hokies that had a good weekend, John. Yeah, we had, uh, let me see here. Well, no, he didn't have a good weekend. We'll talk about BA in a minute. Pittsburgh Steelers. Came away with a 26-16 win. What's funny is is that it was Terrell. Terrell led the Steelers with nine tackles. It was quiet. I mean, it wasn't like he got the big interceptions or whatever, but he was he was their tackling machine and, and with the win. And um, he's also pretty much running their defense on the field. Their D is going to be amazing this year. I think that if the Steelers maintain the same pace they had last season, now that Roethlisberger's back, I think we're going to see a run at the Super Bowl and maybe a, a shot at the seventh ring. We'll see if that happens. Then out on the West Coast, from the West Coast, I can't, I don't know. I think they played it in Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, they did. The, the Los Angeles, no, nah, it's not Los Angeles, San Diego Chargers people. Just because they're playing in Los Angeles. I'm sorry. I'm an old AFL guy. I'm 61 years six. The Chargers, this certain number five um, from the distant past of amazing Tyrod uh, Taylor. Yes, that man. He had a decent game. He, it wasn't like brilliant, but he got the W. He, he, he ran the offense and he got the W. He, 
He picked up where he left off from the Buffalo Bills, and he walked onto the football field, and he played good football. And he was uh, 16 to 30 for 53% and 208 yards. And that's a pretty respectable. He got sacked twice, but they've asked Tyrod to stop running so much. So, and it, but it was only like a what for one yard. And he had a 75.4 quarterback rating, which the NFL, I think it tops out at what, 120 or whatever. And that was better than Joe Burrow, who only had a 66.1 and was uh, 23 of 36 for 63%. Oh. So he was a little bit better on the pass percentage. I actually watched that game because I want, wanted to see Burrow. And Bur- Burrow was super impressive, and his, and his numbers may not show in that, but in the second half, he was kind of quiet in the first half outside of that rushing touchdown in the second half. He was was very good. And had it not been for a uh, what I call a questionable call, they, he would have led that comeback there for a touchdown. To yeah. win that game. But we're talking about our guy, and Tyrod was very good. I think Tyrod is about 31 years of age now. This is his 10th year in the league, and it's always good to see him getting a start. I think he's, I think he's a solid start, and this league is definitely a top-notch backup, but he can start and win games in this league, and it's always good to see him out there performing. And he's a great leader; makes plays with his legs. He's got still got a good arm. His teammates, wherever he plays, respects him. I mean, he did well in Buffalo. I think it was two years ago. So him getting a chance to start again is well deserved. And nice to see him come out on the uh, good end of a of, of week one because San, the San Diego, Los Angeles, whatever you want to call him, had a lot of struggles last year in close games. And yeah, and my and Tyrod was uh, Philip Rivers had an issue with turnovers where Tyrod does not turn the football over, so he yeah. took care of the football and they came away with a with a close win. Yeah, he had only one season with us that he started to kind of have a little control problems, and his I guess his father and a few sessions with Beamer in his ear, and he fixed that. So yes, he's he's smart with the ball, and I think in most instances, being smart with the ball and doing what you're told seems to be a a good formula, you know? And speaking of the formula, and that leads me right into the disappointing performance of the weekend, and that was the 23-34 loss of BA's Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the New Orleans Saints. I've got a lot of friends who are New Orleans fans, but, you know, it's BA, and you got a kind of soft spot for BA in your heart, and Arians just... They thought they were going to be pulling in some big, amazing thing when they went in and they got Brady. And guess what happened? As as Catherine told me, she goes, gee, what happened? Tom Brady ended up being average. Without Belichick's system, Tom Brady ended up being average. He got two TDs, but he threw two picks, one of which was a pick six. And it was, I was watching that one. I watched that play like four times in replays. That that was the worst. I don't know where he was throwing the ball. I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> but I'm sure B.A. got in his ear. You know, I don't know if Belichick ever got in Tom Brady's ear, but I'm sure Bruce Arians got in his ear because Bruce does not hold back on that stuff. So, you know, the, the big money spent, what do you expect? You know, big money spent on an old quarterback who's pretty much washed up and not in his system anymore, uh, you know, it was going to happen. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just was going to happen. Well, I'm, I'm not quite ready to, to write him off yet, so we'll see how that We'll, how we'll see goes. how it goes. We'll see if he gets used to it and picks it, picks it up and at least lets Tampa Bay finish in good order this year. 
you know, I'm, I'm not sure exactly if they're going to reach the playoffs, but it would be nice to see Bruce get, get something. So that was fun. The Hokies in the NFL is always fun. We're going to make kind of a, we're going to make it a, a regular on our, on, on our second podcast of the week, the, the wrap up podcast, visit the Hokies, the highlights of the Hokies or lowlights, the Hokies in the NFL, because it, it's part of the formula of recruiting. It's a really, really having Virginia Tech Hokies show up at NFL games, pro games, means that the pro scouts are going to look at Virginia Tech future players a little bit more positively. And when you have really good performances, I didn't check the bills, but, you know, the, the, that, that's for next time. I, I just wanted to, of course, because I'm a Steelers fan, I've been a Steelers fan since 1969 and before they were ever even good when they were terrible and nobody wanted to root for them. And I thought, well, it'd be fun to root for the underdog. So, hey, rooting for the underdog. Let's not be the underdogs for this NC State game. Hey, Brian, this is the wrap up for this week. Next podcast, we're going to go start getting ready to knock down the NC State roster and, and do our regular wrap up for the weekend that's going to be an interesting show because we were supposed to be in on it yeah next week we'll 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 take the podcast and we'll preview the entire nc state game and we'll also have a written preview probably a couple of different angles looking at the game which we try to do every week and that'll be next week yeah so everybody smile take it easy this is tough situation that everybody needs to be making the best of that we possibly can us be what we always are, good fans, and and enjoy our Hokies. And as always, go Hokies. Go Hokies. Hokies.